Welcome to the Energy for Entrepreneurs podcast. We help entrepreneurs unlock high performance in business and life through fitness. This is episode six. And for today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking through Ken's fitness goals right now. Um, going into the new year, I know Ken and I were talking off air before. He's got some pretty big goals he set for himself going into the new year. And I thought it'd be really helpful for all the listeners out here to hear what some of those goals are and get a sense of what, why Ken set these goals for himself, what his game plan is to actually achieve these goals and his thought process behind that game plan. And I think there'd be a lot of really good lessons in here for anybody who's listening um, as to kind of how to do some goal setting, how to structure a training program, diet, all that stuff, and really understand from a high level down to the minute details what's going on on the back end. So Ken, you want to start us off a little bit talking through like what your game plan is going into 2022? Yeah, definitely. So I think the biggest kind of takeaway, kind of reflecting back in my life, I think looking at from a goal setting standpoint, this transition from moving from New York, New Jersey area, to Texas has been different and challenging in certain ways. Um, you know, the life sequencing in terms of planning for a wedding, purchasing a home, you know, starting two businesses has definitely been something that, you know, myself and Amy were conscious of. We knew we were taking a lot on. We knew that it was going to be challenging. And at the same token, I wanted to kind of be realistic as I went through this process. I knew this year was going to be more of like a maintenance ordeal, even though there are certain times where I knew I needed to get dialed in with my fitness, especially with us getting ready for that photo shoot. But looking at the outlook for like 2022, I think we kind of go through these different life stages where you have your own self-doubt, whether you have like old injuries or whether you're in a situation where you're always tired and your body feels beat up, but then you go through these moments of reset and you go through these moments of refinement. And I think you almost get realigned with the whys that drive you. And I would say that's kind of like the biggest kind of portion in a nutshell, which I'll kind of go into some details in a minute, but I think the first piece of the equation that I realized was every single year when I go into goal setting, whether it's my own fitness or different objectives that I have, I want to make sure that I am honest and realistic with the objectives that I'm setting based upon what I'm currently doing. And if you can kind of forecast what is to come in the future, whether that's like life stages or like different types of obstacles, the logistical components, being realistic and honest with yourself is a good kind of forefront, which you and I have discussed, discussed before. So going into 2022, the whys that I think drive me are definitely evolving. And in some aspects, they're fundamental because I feel like as human beings, especially for you and I, when we talk about this, especially with um, you know, our business model, we wanna live this life of this limitless component, which is vitality, strength, efficiency, maximization, and I think one of the things that's challenging about it is being able to put everything all together while serving the different components of your personality. So one example of this is when I was younger, it was about 
you know, driving yourself to the place and point where I would outwork everybody that I was competing against, whether it was like any, any sport, whether it's the people next to you and your colleagues, when you were training together, whether you're training against other competitors, you know, for bodybuilding, you just had this kind of like id factor within you inter uh, internally. And the reality of the situation is that that style of training and the mentality I had in the past wasn't going to be sustainable where I am in the future. That was, that was a piece of it. Um, the other component about it in terms of taking a look at how realistic is it to get back to that place? It was something that was really challenging for me because I knew what the steps were associated to get back to that place of like performance between strength, movement, and aesthetic, and those kind of all those different factors. But I think the bigger takeaway I have is I, as I kind of go into this goal setting and my whys for 2022, one big factor is don't think about where you were in the past in, 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 in regard of the outcome focus on how you got there. And I think that's like a big takeaway that I have kind of going into this, like some of my goal setting. It's really about taking all my prior experience within training, lifestyle, and putting it all together where if I can ha set up the proper systems, I can achieve some of these goals. So that's like probably the first piece of a combination of the why and what the goal looks like. I think the other piece of the why that's really important to me is, again, going back to as a business owner, you want to be in a place that you represent what you do and the proof is in the pudding. So I think for us to kind of maximize our business, to have our clients believe in what we do, we need to make sure that we are able to accomplish this like limitless life. That's probably the second piece. And then the third piece of it is like looking to the future at some point, like I do want to have a family. I do want to be a father. So in order to be in that position and to be able to manage myself so I can manage others, there's a level of efficiency that's necessary. I also realize how difficult it can be as a parent to stay in the type of shape that you want to be for the expectations that you have for yourself. So those are kind of like the deeper whys behind, you know, what those fitness goals look like. Now getting into the literal, like, what are the goals? I think the realization that I kind of, kind of come to gripes with is at the end of the day, I want to be the best athlete that I can for myself. But within that mold of an athlete, there's a certain body fat percentage. There's a certain aesthetic look. There's a certain strength standard. And there's a certain performance standard that I have. Um, you know, and ultimately, and you know, I could kind of discuss this before. And at times it gets kind of confusing. But how can you do it all and have it all? And this is, I think, a lot of times a lot of people struggle with this because you go into the science of training and you go to the set principle and you go to like different periodization models and all these kind of things. And for lack of better word, um, for lack of better word than a level of being kind of stubborn, I do think you can have everything as long as it's relative to what you want. So I think there is a way to have, you know, a certain body composition. I think there is a way to have a level of a, uh, a standard of movement and a way of being in a way that you can perform while sustaining it. And when I, when I think about it, it, it took a while for me to get to this point. But again, one of the things I kind of looked up to is, you know, certain NFL players, whether you're talking about a running back or a linebacker. And, you know, I grew up as a football player. These athletes have, they do kind of have it all, right? They have the aesthetics. They look like superheroes. They are able to perform. They can move. And I think for myself, you know, without getting back into like competitive bodybuilding or competitive, you know, football, 
it's basically getting himself by its place where I know that I'm on the trajectory to look like I did when I was in my twenties to move. Like I, the best I've ever moved is like something that's really important to me. And then also to sustain it. And I think that's like kind of my bigger takeaways going into like this coming year. Yeah. Man, there's, there's a lot going on there and I, and I, and I love it all. Like it's, yeah, there's the, the like aesthetic component of it and stuff, but I think the, the deeper thing that is, is so impactful that I, I wish like a lot of people could take away from this more than anything is what that represents for you and how that's actually, it's not just about the looks or like, oh, like I look like a superhero, ever, but it's kind of like, how does that enhance the other components of your life and how does it let you bring your best best self and everything you do, whether that's being an example to your future kid, being an example to your clients and kind of leading from the front um, as we talk about like leadership theory and also just like being in that physical shape, how it's going to let you bring more energy, bring more mental clarity and focus into your business, into your relationships, really into everything you do. And it's, it's, it's so multifaceted and that's just, that's just, that's what I love so much about fitness and this whole journey is it's, there's so many layers and so many components to it. And it really can have such a positive impact on every uh, component of your life. So with all those goals and stuff in mind, what's your game plan now to start tackling all this? How are you going to start approaching all these goals? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the things we talked about before when it came to goal setting, you know, a couple podcasts ago, and we also talked about some of the things that we orient ourselves within our business it's really just about putting it all together. And I think the first step is really just assessing where you're at, you know, from a commitment standpoint, like how often can you train? What am I currently doing? You know, what is working, what is not. And at its onset right now, the biggest thing I wanted to focus on again, is just the frequency and slowly increasing my intensity within my training. So from a training aspect. So currently I'm training five to six days a week. I'm doing some form of cardio four or five times a week, combination of distance, running and capacity building, and then a combination of sprint work, which is more like athletic or sports specific. And then in terms of like a maintenance phase, I think for a long period of time, I was just sticking to like what didn't require too much of my, uh, my brain power, which is basically your typical push pull, you know, hinge squat patterns, stuff that I knew that I could kind of plug and play with, which wouldn't be so demanding of me. And now I'm starting to get into the phase of reintegrating back some of the more complex movements, you know, some sandbag cleans, some barbell cleans, being able to slowly get back some of the strength that I once had is also part of the process too, which I do think is a component of your own psychology. So that's kind of the, that's kind of like its first onset when it comes to training. It's kind of like being honest with myself and my state of readiness to progress my programming. And for a couple of weeks and a couple of months, I honestly wasn't there. Um, and to be honest with you, like I haven't been on a program in some time now, it's probably been close to about two or three months and it's been a lot of maintenance, but mentally for myself, I know that if I want to achieve some of my goals, I will need to program and basically get some periodization in so to hit some of these strength goals and these performance goals. So that's probably it in a nutshell in terms of planning and programming. If, if in if terms I of diet, oh. sure, please. Yeah. I was going to just say, like, I think, um, one thing, just to give everyone kind of a little context with some of the stuff you're saying, I think it's important just to know what your training situation looks like, because you're not really working out of a full gym right now, like a lot of people probably would assume, especially with the shape that you tend to be in. That's correct? Correct. 
Yep. Yeah. So you're working at home and what do you have there that you're working with? Um, so I have a garage gym. I have some couple kettlebells, um, up to like 32 kgs. I do have some barbells. Um, in terms of total weight though, I am a little limited. I think I only have up to maybe about 155 pounds in terms of like barbell weight. Um, I have some other equipment too. You know, you have a weight vest, 50 pound weight vest. You have like your typical commercial local gym that has dumbbells up to 50 pounds. So when you're looking at like the exterior loads, I'm just, you don't really have access to like the things that I once had, which is like your squat rack and your machines mm -hmm. and stuff um, on a typical basis. Yeah, I saw those, that, that'd be helpful to provide a little more context to some of the stuff you're talking about. Cause like talking about doing like sandbag cleans and stuff like that, I don't think that's a stereotypical thing that people are, are doing in their programming. And I just kind of wanted to bring the point home. It's really, there, when there's a will, there's a way. You can always find a way to kind of adjust, modify and work with whatever equipment you have, like whatever like situation you're in to, to make your goals still happen. You don't need a full gym. You don't need all the fancy machines, functional trainer, all that stuff. Those are great to have, just not 100% necessities. And you can still get some solid work done with like just very minimal equipment available. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Um, one other thing I wanted to kind of pull back for a second, because I definitely want to dive a bit more into your thought process and stuff with like your programming. And also I think you're probably going to talk a little more about the nutrition side as well. But pulling back for a second um, to more macro level, I know we love to talk about SMART goals. So making sure things are measurable, actionable, time bound, so forth. Do you have any kind of more smart goals for yourself? Like I want to put like X amount of muscle back on by this point, or I want to get to X body fat percentage by this date, or are you still kind of figuring those things out at the moment? Yeah. The thing that's interesting about it, um, I think there's a lot of small smart goals that are associated with each component of the larger goal. Right. So dietary wise, I have smart goals within my training. I have smart goals. And as an overarching theme, I think it's a small, like kind of a smart goal. Um, and I can, I can kind of talk about the specifics and nuances that are associated with those things. But I think overall, especially when you've trained for so long at such a high level, it's more about taking prior experiences and getting things. So they'll getting things, those things to fit within your smart goal. Right. Whether you're talking about decreasing body fat or increasing overall strength. Right. So the SMART goal in terms of training is basically, you know, basically proper periodization based upon cardio, like my cardiovascular my health, some sort of like undulating periodization program where like you have strength and hypertrophy built in, and then you have some sort of like movement prereqs associated with that. So that would basically be the SMART goal in terms of like, you know, what you're doing, sticking to a program, the level of adherence. And then in terms of like, from a time standpoint, I have different buckets of time in my head. So like one bucket of time would be February. You know, we have our bachelor party in April, I'm getting married. And then by the end of the year, which I haven't gotten that far yet for the overarching macro, I do plan on getting back to like competing shape by that point. Right. So that's probably a little less tangible in terms of numbers. Cause you're talking about, you know, aesthetics and stuff. But I, when I, when, when I was competing at my prime, I think I was, I stepped on stage at like 169 and I was like sub 4%. Right. So that was probably like my peak. I don't think that's necessarily what I want to get back to, but if I can get to a place where I'm around 175 or 180, around six or 7%, that would be a lifetime goal that I'm going to try to shoot for. For sure, man. Yeah. And, and I, I figured this is where you were going to, where your head was at, but I just wanted to kind of clarify for everybody that's listening was um, it's really more, you, you have some kind of bigger, like, I would say deadlines or like events that like you're kind of 
planning things around like the bachelor party, the wedding and so forth. Um, yet really your head is more focused on the process itself and your goal is really more to stick to the process. So it's like, hey, I need to get these many training sessions. I'm looking to see some kind of progression happen within my training. And I know these are the principles to make that happen. So it's really more just about reminding yourself of the different like systems that you need running and making sure that you're consistently keeping those things going, less so about getting caught up in specific numbers like a certain body weight or body fat percentage or so forth. Yeah, you're spot on. I think when you look at it, things as a whole, <clears throat> the bottom underlying principles are consistency, sustainability, and like doing the work in some aspects is really the biggest equation to whether you're talking about building muscle, burning fat, whatever the case is. And I think in a lot of cases with most people, it comes to two fundamental reasons why people don't get the results they look for. Number one is their expectations are too great for based upon what they're supposed to do and they burn out. Number two is basically they're not working hard enough towards what their goals actually are and they can't sustain the process. Like there's a level of commitment associated with the process to get to the outcome. And I think in a lot of cases, one of the things that's really challenging on the client side is that people have certain goals for specific dates. The thing that they don't necessarily have is the structure and the habits that are associated to get to that goal. And in a lot of cases, people end up self-deprecating and actually give up within themselves before those goals actually become a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have you, have you read the book Atomic Habits before, James Clear? I have not. If not, well, he has, he has this one line pretty early in the book that I really love, and it's um, something that's like, um, focus on systems instead of goals. And basically what, what he's saying is it's like, almost anything that you're doing in life, it's not like a game of basketball or a game of football where there's a very clear endpoint to the game like the game keeps going and it never ends. And the objective is not to win the game, it's to keep playing the game in the long term. And a lot of people end up sabotaging themselves in that regard because they get so caught up in that, that end goal, that outcome focus goal. So it's like, I'm, I wanna weigh 150 pounds and I'm 170 right now or something. And by focusing on that number, instead of on kind of, appreciating themselves for sticking to the system and completing all the different little habits and little processes that lead up towards that outcome goal. They're never happy until they reach that end point. And we're talking something like body transformation, weight loss, whatever, or something like just staying healthy and fit, which is really kind of just this lifelong process and lifestyle. You're going to be unhappy for a very long time if you're so caught up and it's so fixated on that endpoint, because like, like dropping 20 pounds, it's like to really healthily sustainably lose 20 pounds. You're probably looking at a few months of work to make that happen. That's assuming you got everything dialed in. Cause there could be some trial and error period where it's kind of like, we're learning new habits. We're making mistakes. We're figuring stuff out. We fall off a little bit because of life or whatever happens. And so it's like, do, do you really think you're going to sustain something for the next four to six months if you're miserable the whole time? Probably not. Versus if you can kind of flip the psychological script and be like, hey, I got my work in today. That's a win. Let me celebrate that. Hey, I did a really good job with my, my diet and my eating today. 
That's a win. I'm proud of that. I got my eight hours of sleep last night. That's a win right there. And hey, looking back the last week, I did it. I kind of checked all those boxes off six out of the last seven days. Like that's a win right there. And it's kind of like celebrating those smaller wins along the way. Before you know it, you're going to kind of reach that. You're going to reach that end goal that you're actually aiming for. But more importantly, this is where I think a lot of people miss the mark is that it's like, let's say you do reach that end goal. What next? Because maintenance in of itself is a goal. Like it takes, you need to keep the work up to do that. And if your whole time you were just so focused on that end goal, it's kind of like, okay, well, what now? Versus if you'd spent all that time celebrating the process and kind of feeling achieved for keeping that up, you're probably going to sustain it even longer beyond that and either take yourself to the next level, whatever that is for you, or if you're happy where you're at and that's awesome, you're going to keep maintaining that moving forward. I know that was a long-winded tangent, but I just thought it was really awesome just to kind of point out that's like, it sounds like that's the headspace that you're in with yourself, focusing on your systems rather than your like outcome goals. Sure. Yeah. Just to kind of echo what you're saying, and because I do feel very strongly about it, I think my psychology for myself, again, when I was younger, was so task-oriented in terms of the outcome. It was about checking a box off once you hit a certain accolade, you know, within sport or business, whatever the case is. And the bottom line is that, again, it's only a temporary feeling of success when you actually have that happen. You know, it's this like instant response, you know, um, that you'll have where it's like, oh, my God, I've done this. I accomplished this. But that response isn't sustained, right? It, it's something that's temporary. That I think being able to being able to reflect back on the accomplishment and the process associated has way more weight than the literal accomplishment. I think in a lot of aspects. Um, and just to kind of add one more point here to echo what you're saying, I presented this to many clients at different times. Whether you're talking about the coaches that you and I coach, or you're talking about our clients that we work with, the goal of life is about experience and enjoying the process and the memories and the people associated with it. It is not about just getting to the end because the reality of the situation is if you had, let's say your goal is a million dollars or you're like, you know, be the super successful fitness person. If you fast forward time and I can give you that goal right now, but you would not be on this earth anymore. What would that mean to you? It basically means the same as that concept as small goals. You have something in the moment that feels amazing and great but it's not really what the, the fundamentals of what we're talking about are. The fundamentals of what we're talking about, about are, is the literal process, the enjoyment of the up, down, neutral process, because that in itself is actually what teaches us about ourselves. And to me, that is actually the gift of experience when you're specifically talking about fitness and goal orientation. Yeah, definitely, man. That was deep, I love it. Um, so kind of, kind of now shifting gears and diving back into some of your specifics now. So we kind of talked a little bit about your training plan. And I think before I, I cut you off earlier, um, you're starting to get into some of the dietary side of it. Was that correct? Yeah, definitely. So from a nutrition standpoint, and you know, we, we've kind of discussed it before, but at the end of the day, like it's the same process with the assessment. It's really just going down to where am I right now? What am I currently doing? And what have I done in the past to help me move forward? So I think being able to be honest with yourself and assess those things are extremely important. And I've done that recently. I know from a wave standpoint, you know, earlier this month, it was my birthday, you know, it was the holiday, it was Thanksgiving. I knew mentally that I was gonna pull back a little bit and kind of enjoy myself and 
celebrate the year and have some foods that I enjoyed. And it was great. But I also understand in order to get to my best mental and physical headspace, I need to get back dialed into what I used to do. And what I used to do, you know, when I was competing in bodybuilding was being able to be conscious of the food that I'm putting my body, the quality of food, the consistency of those meals, as well as the balance of the meals in relation to my training. Right. So what, what I'm basically saying is that right now I'm basically sticking to a very fundamental protein carb fat per meal with some sort of, you know, emphasis on greens and the quality of proteins. And the biggest adjustment from a dietary standpoint is sticking within my ranges of what I need to eat. So for me specifically, I'm staying within my protein construct, which is currently around 200 grams a day. My carbohydrate construct on non-training days, is about 200. And then on training days, my carbohydrates are up to about 250 to 75, where my fat content is around 60 to 70 grams. So for the most part, especially at this stage of the game, like I don't necessarily need to count my macros with, you know, a scale. I don't need to use some sort of app. I just know what I need to do for my body to adjust, especially based upon what goals I have in February as well as April. Now, those things might change in the future, especially as I get more dialed in with my programming and my supplementation, where I may have to get a little more regulated with the total amount of before and i've had great success without having to literally count yeah definitely i think i also just another like little caveat for people who are listening right now is that that's a skill you built up over time but at the same time too that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who's got similar goals to yours depending on what level they're at needs to go that route of like macro counting pulling out a scale and stuff because there's there's a lot more that goes into it i think it kind of just ties back to that point that bigger point we were making earlier just around like this is all skill building at the end of the day. There's not like one way to do this. There's not one system that works best. It's more just kind of develop, develop, like practicing those habits on a daily, weekly basis, whatever it takes until you've built up that skill set. And the nice thing is once you've built those skills, you really have them for life. And it helps to actually make any repeats of this process almost like a little more like autopilot because you don't you have more awareness, you understand how some things work and operate, you know yourself, you know your body better. And you're gonna spend some periods probably a little more dialed in, like just to kind of recalibrate, like maybe tracking for a week or two weeks or something like with a scale and really like measuring those numbers and stuff. But like, you don't need to spend the next year every day on a daily basis tracking either. And you can still make progress towards your goals on the timelines that you're aiming for. Exactly. Um, so without diving into the weeds on it too much, um, kind of going back to your training program for a sec, could you talk through a little more of like your rationale behind some of the choices you made from a programming standpoint, like why this many days with this kind of training, why are these some of the movements you're doing, like so forth? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great question. Yeah, I think one of the things I look at for like as a program for myself, as well as with the clients of mine, first and foremost, you just look at the logistics of things, right? So ultimately, it's like, you know, what is the frequency somebody can commit to? You know, what is the duration somebody can commit to? And then what is the outcome of the program? So I actually look at a reverse engineering process of those factors, because it helps the compliancy of, you know, the, the um, for the client, as well as for myself. And I've been programming for myself as a competitor for a, like a while now. Um, 
And, you know, I kind of go through the same process. I try to look at myself from a very objective measure of, hey, like, what equipment do I have access to? Like, I can't expect to squat 400 for reps again if I don't squat more than once a week in a gym that actually has a barbell to basically overload myself. Like, that's unrealistic. So I think that's kind of like the first piece of it. You kind of just iron out the logistics and what is the reality of what you have access to. The second thing I start to look at too, based upon the frequency and duration is really just going back to like life, really. It's like, how much time can I allocate to training? Reality, reality situation is like when I was training at my peak, I was training three hours, three and a half hours a day. And that's not even including the amount of recovery work that I had to do associated with training. Reality is now is that I don't need to train as hard because I have more muscle now as I'm older. What I need to do is basically focus on the efficiency of what I'm doing and as well as sustaining it, right? So that, that's a bit of the piece too. We're, you know, like looking back from a time standpoint, it's like, could I work out for three hours a day? Yes. Do I really want to? No. What is realistic for me? About 90 minute sessions are appropriate in combination of like cardio. Typically it's about a 20 or 30 minute cardio session. You're looking at a 45 minute to 50 minute strength training session where I keep, where I keep on moving. Um, you know, in regards to like, you know, exercise selection and those types of things, I look at number one is what, what does my body actually need right now based upon my goal, right? And that get, also gets kind of tricky too. It's like, you know, what are your aesthetic goals, right? You know, like, do you want a bigger chest? Do you want bigger legs? And then you have to look, you have to factor in the athletic performance standpoint too, right? Because I'm not, I'm not just saying I want to be quicker and faster, no, it's like, I want to get more jacked while being quicker and faster, right? So when you're looking at the amount of proper dosing as well as exercise selection, you just have to go back to being very objective with yourself and your own body in terms of what you actually need versus what you want, right? And I think that's, that's a hard takeaway that most people don't have. When you're programming for yourself and you're a fitness professional or you're a general population client, you typically go to the comfort zone of, I know I'm really good at this, so I'm just going to keep doing this. When in reality, that's probably not what you really need. And I think being able to being able to separate those things for myself have actually allowed me to progress even further because I actually look at my weaknesses as an opportunity as opposed to like, you know, something I don't want to do. Right. And when I was younger, it was like I needed more hamstrings to get my pro card. I needed bigger chest to get my pro card. I needed better conditioning. So I just took those the, those pieces of feedback and I learned from the process and basically cleaned those things up. So now as I look at this current iteration of my program and my progression. I have a combination of hypertrophy days. I have days where I am going a little bit heavier, but the intensity of those workouts are, are at a shorter duration. And that's where I currently am without getting to more formalized programming. Right now, there's a general skeleton in my head. Um, but as of probably going to the next week, I will have something that's more formalized in terms of the exact you know, sets and reps, the exact you know, execution of days and times, so that way I can get even more specific towards my goals and my outcomes on my specific dates. Yeah. And just having that structure kind of, it, it, it's easier to track progress and measure and say like, Hey, is this working? Am I seeing the changes and adaptations I need to? Cause kind of the point you're making before when like your main overarching goal is aesthetics, it's such a tough thing to, like, there's so many factors that go into it. Like, sure. We can look at body weight and stuff, but like there's a lot that influences body weight. And if we're just looking like, at like progress picks, like some of that is pretty subjective. So you do need to kind of turn to those training markers and see like, Hey, are my rest intervals going down? Or is my weight going up? Am I knocking out more reps at the same weight? Like whatever kind of factors correlate 
the trading outcome you're looking for that's going to in turn correlate to the like aesthetic outcome that you're working yep. towards. Yep. Yeah. And on the dietary side, um, again, same thing, kind of like not diving too deep into the weeds, but um, how did you kind of land on some of the numbers you're aiming for? How did you identify like, hey, this is my starting place. This is where I'm going to start, like kind of start myself off from. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think one is just <clears throat> being conscious of how much you're actually consuming. You know, for the most part, I've actually been fairly consistent in my diet. The only fluctuations has been the total amount of carbohydrates as well as the quality of food. So that's like a starting point of just kind of like, what was I doing? Um, I think the other kind of big takeaway too is going back to like when I was competing, I am very conscious of my off-season weight, what my mid-season weight is, and then my on-season weight. So like understanding those different factors and what the macronutrient breakdown is associated with my body, all I really need to do is basically reanalyze that information and refine where I am currently. And I would say the biggest differentiation, differentiating factor is now that I am older, I'm, it's been six years since I've competed, is just understanding that my frame is actually different now than I was when I was younger, but my metabolism is also different when I was younger. So just being conscious of those types of things and making you know, some of the subtle changes, like my, um, my sensitivity to carbohydrates is very different now than when, when it was when I was younger. I was able to consume more, I was able to, uh, you know, take in more calories of different types of carbohydrates and not necessarily put on as much body fat versus now I understand how my body operates. I have to be very specific about certain types of carbohydrates that will not affect my body in a negative manner. Yeah, definitely. No, that, that's all really helpful insight. And again, I think it, it just kind of keeps speaking to that point of experience is really what's guiding the process here. And it took you being a little more rigid, a little more structured with things to have a little more of this flexibility and intuitiveness that you're, you're taking right now in your approach. Um, kind of the last piece I think would be good for us to go into before we sort of wrap things up is now relating back to kind of some of those bigger overarching goals for yourself. Because um, we, we kind of talked about like the aesthetic piece of it, like um, the performance piece of it from like a physical side. Now, how is this all going to tie back to your position as like a business owner, as a partner? How are you going to, like, what outcomes are you hoping to see in those areas over this next year with some of these goals? And kind of how are you going to manage those different pieces in your life? Yeah, so I'm actually, I'll actually take the second part of the question first and I'll kind of bring back to the first. I think at the end of the day, what you're really looking for is a level of refinement and efficiency. So it's refinement, efficiency, and accountability, right? So refinement, basically we look at where are you currently right now? What is working? What is not working? What adjustments need to be associated to get to the outcome you want? The second piece of it is looking at the efficiency, right? So at the end of the day, you're looking at time and you're looking at <clears throat> with the process associated with the task. So over the course of time, the more experience you have, the more refined you can get, the more you understand the more those adjustments can happen, right? And then the last component about it, when you're looking at this like overarching theme of how do you, how do you put it all together and how can you manage those types of things? It's just gonna go back to making sure you're allocating your time appropriately towards the things that are important to you. And we talked about before, like the fundamental values, we talked about you know our three pillars and how those things are associated with how we live our lives and how we coach. I think if you can kind of stick to those fundamental principles, it allows you to have more of ultimately what you want. 
So it's kind of this self-management again to manage others. And then to your first piece, how do I think these fitness goals directly translate from a business standpoint? You and I kind of discussed this prior to the call, but ultimately I know with my own headspace, when I am structured, organized, disciplined, and honest, I can, I'm actually in my best mental state because I'm also my same, I'm also my best physical state. And I think, I feel like that energy and that self-confidence kind of bleed into everything you do. You know, there are multiple times in my life where I would set these insane goals for myself. And I knew that if I was able to get everything in line while being honest and efficient with what I was doing, <clears throat> excuse me, I was able to accomplish these goals as well as really just taking the time to kind of understand the, these processes. And I think kind of moving forward, like going into your, your, your question of like, you know, how does this affect from a business standpoint? I do think there's a huge opportunity for us to continue to flourish going to 22, going to our true kind of, you know, set first slash second year of business, but it's really going to go back to, I think our potential is very high, but a lot of it really kind of falls on where we stand for ourselves, you know, representing the brand, our own fitness, our own mindset, and just making sure that we are truly practicing what we preach so that we can teach other people how to have some of the success and some of the skills that you and I have acquired over the years. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Just like, like we keep saying, it's really, this is, it's not just about the training. It's, it's your life. It's how do all these pieces synergistically fit together and how do they work to like, they're, they're not in competition with each other at the end of the day. They're all working to enhance one another. And at least on my end, maybe you have a different takeaway, but I think that's almost like the biggest takeaway I'd love for people to have from listening to this is that fitness doesn't have to be this luxury or this like extra thing. It's actually something that can be just as big of a priority and not feel like this burden, but actually be a benefit to everything else that you're trying to do and everything else you're trying to achieve in your life. Yeah, we definitely agree with that. I think that might be an opportunity for you and I to kind of dive deeper a lot of time and just kind of focus on the perspective of how people in general view fitness or even coaches in that aspect. Because to your point, it's the more you understand about fitness and the more you understand yourself, everything can give you back more, right? At the end of the day, it's kind of like, I want to make more money. Okay, cool. If you have good fitness, you will be more efficient with your time. You'll have more energy, more vitality, and therefore you can work harder. It's like, hey, no, I want to really spend more time with my family. I don't have time to work out. It's like, well, if you actually prioritize yourself, you are actually going to have more time and energy to actually give back to your kid, right? And I, I think those are certain things that I think sometimes the general population doesn't truly understand. And I think that perspective shift is something that, you know, you and I can kind of discuss so that people understand that fitness should be a staple within their life as much as, as their job. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, we're going to wrap things up from here. Thank you so much, everybody who's given this a listen. We hope this was helpful. We hope this is insightful for you and you got some good stuff out of it that you can start to apply into your own life, into your own fitness and business. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, hope you're all well.